Hello and welcome to Movie of the Year, the only podcast with the science and the screaming to determine what is the best movie for any given year. And we are doing it. We've seen the movies. We are making the tough decisions and we're getting closer and closer to figuring out what 1973's Movie of the Year is. So far, we have moved along The Exorcist over Sisters. We've moved along The Sting over Serpico. Don't Look Now over Enter the Dragon and The Long Goodbye over the last detail. I have not talked It's going. I've not talked to you guys in a in a week. Yeah, what how what is up with you guys? I, Ryan, you first. What have you been up I've to? I blocked your numbers because that's okay. how we do it in a finale week. Uh any regrets? Did we fuck up anything? I, I don't think so. As the person who was in the minority for every vote, yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. I guess you kind of you kind of got you you got forced in a couple places, Mike. What are you most sad has not moved on, Mike? Um most sad I'd say Serpico. Yeah, Serpico is what you felt like. I I I, I felt your Italian go up when we were talking about <laughs> Serpico. Oh, you guys are oh, coming shit. at my Here people. he goes, here he goes. Yeah. Double Italian hands. It, it just feels like I I know that you guys will realize in a few weeks that though the sting is tight and fun, what what a light, heftless movie it is. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I I, I don't know about that. I mean, we, it's hard because we had like the perfectly orchestrated movie versus kind of like the, and then now we're going in a slightly different direction for this scene. It's as good of a, a little bit of a, a baggier movie. It's as good of a movie as he was a cop. Uh, you know. Mike, you had the ultimate insult there. It won Best Picture, and you did it not won use best that. Picture. Okay, there, you used it. Shit. Uh, I bet you guys <laughs> love Green Book, too. Can't wait to do 2018. I love well, Green Book, you, too. If you remember, Serpico constructs a world where Serpico himself cannot believe the cops might be corrupt. And I yeah. think that, like, the That's movie true. really, like, makes a lot of hay off the fact that people are like, wait, the cops? What are you talking about? Is this true about the cops that they have like ulterior motives? Every time the cops do something corrupt, he rubs his eyes like he's sleepy and just goes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh boy, another whole bunch of corruption here. Better drink a well, Dunkachino. Dunkachino. There is no corruption here because the only thing that we care about is delivering to you the best movies from any given year. But before we do that, Rushmore, we're gonna have to. Before that, Rushmore. Rushmore. But before that, we're going to take the quickest of breaks and then get to our first award. I'm so excited about this award. Uh, I feel like I just talked about cars enough until it became a major part of the show. Is this, this the board season? saying, Greg, shut the fuck up? Yeah. No. I no. think this is the, the universe saying to Greg... You're right, dude. Cars rule. Too bad about the whole killing the planet thing. That's a real bummerino. But they're big hunks of metal, and they look amazing. I we okay. It, I made it clear in this season. Not my thing. Um, you guys. I knew this about Greg. Didn't know that Mike could hang with Greg in these car conversations all season. I was. I didn't wondering. know that either. I found that out right now when he said that. <laughs> <laughs> He's beaming. Uh, all right. Mike could pretend to hang with Greg throughout the yes, season. Yes, I'm very good at pretending to hang. You're, <laughs> Mike is very good at going to Google Hill and being like, what kind of cars did I see? Uh, Mike can go up to like a group of businessmen and say, like, the Denver Brancos, they are a football <laughs> team, yes? Um, could we do this 
for award every year, or is this no, a 73 I, only thing? This feels like a special award for a special little boy who hosted all special season. <laughs> I, I do also think it's because the 70s were situated where the old cars from movies in the 70s were like from the 30s and 40s. And uh-huh. That is a very classic, cool look. And then to us, the cars of 50 years ago have design elements that are so different than ours and like have a sound that is so different than ours. And so I think it just gave us a panoply of different right. cars to get excited about. So if we did Versus 2012, we... it'd be like 2000 or a white a van, Sorrento. white minivan. <laughs> I do think though that like movies are talking to us when they are showing us characters in cars. They are like the movies are trying to, tell us something about the characters in that way and i think it's it's kind of an exciting lens into dirt, certain characters like for instance the fact that philip marlowe still drives his really old school car like that says so much about him in a very simple way yeah, yeah. that's uh if you're not sure of the premise of the movie or like what the movie's trying to do there's a big there's a lantern for you or yeah, exactly. um fucking Jaws kid in American Graffiti. My my brain's dying. I'm sorry. Uh, Dick Dreyfus, Dreyfus. Richard or Dreyfus. Uh, his in a movie chock full of gorgeous cars. His POS boring car lets us know a lot about him. Yeah, he's a salt of the earth guy with his Citroen. Shall we get to these nominees? Let's do it. I'm so excited. Greg, your first nominee, and now I'm excited. Is the A Shock Leland City Bus from The Harder They Come? <laughs> uh, I am the kind of person who I love fast cars, um, but I just love vehicles. And like a vehicle being useful to me matters. And this Jamaican bus is taking the people from the, the hill country the, at, into the city. And everybody on this bus is desirous of getting into the city. But not if that means letting someone else cross <laughs> the bridge before they do. And so they sit, this room on wheels, they just sit on the bridge, not moving forward. But there's so much life there, you know? It, part of what's exciting about a vehicle is that it's not just a way to get somewhere. It is somewhere. And that the bus is like a whole little community. And Greg, correct me if I, I, I'm wrong, but you're not just a straight white male on a movie podcast, but you're a straight white male on a movie podcast that is also a lit major? And we're talking about a city bus that uh, right in the first five minutes of this movie shows you that uh, it seems like you're going somewhere, but you're actually going nowhere. And then we see how that's the entire movie. How could this yeah. not win the award? Oh, damn. Be- because there's literally not enough room. I mean, and that's what it is. Like, all the jobs are taken. That's what he says to his mom right in the beginning. Like, there's no place for, like, a young person like me to, to emerge. There's no place for me to flower. And that's exactly what's going on with that bridge. There's just not enough room for the, the two trucks to go their own ways. I do think uh, he would have gotten further in life if he stopped telling old rich guys that there's just no place for him to flower. Uh, <laughs> old guys don't like hearing that kind of language, typically. Well, he said it in a cool song, <laughs> and he looked, like, <laughs> amazing while he sang it. So it, it was better. Mike, the next nominee is Coffee's 1972 Imperial LeBaron. I mean, when we're talking LeBarons, you got to talk about 1972 Imperial style. Which it's car that, is this? That big growly engine. We didn't actually talk about that much on the show, but she it almost looks like a Mustang, Mike. Okay. And it's one of these cars from the 70s that is just like got an acre of engine up in the front of it. Big growly sound. The one she's um, in, like, in the beginning of the movie a lot. Yes, yeah. And you don't see her cruising around in it that much, but um, it's a nice, it's a really nice car, and uh, she looks 
amazing in it, believe it or not. I do, even though I would only run over every little parking gray cement thing. Do those have names? Uh, I do like the car style that is gone where you have a football field in front of your windshield. Yeah. Like, it's just so yeah. much metal. You cannot tell what you're about to run over. They, like, hadn't made engines, like, as efficient as they are now. And so it's better that engines are smaller. And it's better that they're quieter and, and more yeah, efficient and everything. But back then, they are just like, well, if we just make the thing a little bit bigger, then we'll get a couple more horsepower out of it. And is that to, like, save the ozone or to save all of the children that are getting mowed down by this engine that you cannot see in front of? A, a little bit of both, Ryan. But I think more than anything else, the reason the engines have become so much more efficient is because of... The, the bad effect on the planet of just exhausting all this stuff. Uh, Mike, he's directed so many actors, and now he's directing Cars. It's <laughs> Falfa's 1955 Chevy 150 from American Graffiti. It is insane how many people are like, hey, hey, Paul, people are gonna, this guy's looking for you. He wants to race. There's no way anybody's going to win. But then you see Falfa's fucking car, and you're like, okay, Falfa Solo might take this old thing down. Because this car looks like a weapon. And it's it, what, part of what's so cool about American Graffiti is it's not just that these guys had these cool cars. It's the whole tuner culture, the modding yeah. culture. And so this car is an outlaw, right? Like it is. He's done a lot of stuff to it. Um, made it exceptionally dangerous. <laughs> uh, and like that, that uniqueness you can see that being carried forward into the Millennium Falcon, basically. Mm-hmm. Like the idea of like we modded this, now it's the fastest thing in the world, even though it might be a little less reliable. I know it looks like shit, the Millennium Falcon, but like the insides are you have no idea what it's capable of. Yeah. That's so much scarier. In how many parsecs do you think Falfa's car could do the Kessel run? Honestly, I mean it is just a car and not a spaceship. <laughs> so I think it's gonna be, you know, fifteen or sixteen parsecs. Is that a lot That's of parsecs? Fair. That's, I mean, honestly, it, it is a lot of parsecs. I feel like I was so fucked. It's a be- long way to go. Because of when I was born, I have no idea how to mod a car or a computer, which yeah. basically screws me. Like, <laughs> we're, we're, we're the perfect uh, generation of nerds where the nerds before us and the nerds after us can do things. Right. And yeah. but, well, I read a lot of dragon books. <laughs> yeah. It really is like the most useless thing. Like, well, I'm kind of like a cultural critic. Oh, are you? <laughs> cool. <laughs> and also, we're not that good at that. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It's like, are you sure that's what you do? I wouldn't want to drive in a car I modded either, though. So, Not to pit, Greg, you specifically up against Mike, but uh, the next nominee is Milner's 1932 <laughs> Ford Five Window Coupe from American Graffiti. Banana Yellow? Is that what we're calling it? I'm yeah. sure I'll call it, I'll call it banana yellow because it's good for giving the cops the slip. This is like the real <laughs> old roadster. When you peel like, out. Sorry. <laughs> this is like the old ro- roadster, like 1930s, and like the bodies are around, and they have a huge engine compartment, and so you can put kind of anything up there. And it gets you that real classic hot rod look, and I think that that's ultimately what I like about it because I don't really – I appreciate cars, but I don't know anything about them. And so I appreciate the way this thing is like, they even do that thing where they saw off the roof and then drop it a little bit. So it looks way less comfortable, but it looks much meaner. It looks like the car's frowning at everything. I think, and it's just aesthetically very pleasing. There's two noticeable things about this car. And I think the first one is the color, right? Like uh, it is, I think the only yellow car in the movie, but, agree, t- yeah. but two, the there's no, that engine is just hanging out. There's nothing yeah. <laughs> around it. Like that's crazy. I don't know if that's, bad like do bugs and rain get in there is that bad for the engine there's no home bugs 
I think that, you know, if you don't, if you're not tinkering with it all the time, you know, the, it's more open to corrosion. But yeah, that's part of like the appeal of it is just like, that's the thing, you know, like what to, to bring it back to us, 1990s, all of, like the electronics suddenly would were clear. Yeah. So you could see the circuit uh-huh. boards on the inside. It's like that. Oh man. I had so many girl cousins who had a clear phone. You could see all the yeah. doodads inside the phone. Um, and then in our inaugural best car of the year award. Oh, I know what it is. Mike, <laughs> from Don't Look Now, we have a water hearse. This is your water hearse, right, Mike? Yes, this is mine. I own it. Get your eyes off it. Uh, <laughs> Don't what? look at it now. i often said the car of the sea, it's a boat. And <laughs> I always admired the boat, kid in high school who drove a purple hearse. And so this is the purple hearse of Venice. Nobody who has ever hearse. gone to high school doesn't know somebody who ha- who drove a hearse. Like, There's, there's always, always that, that one fucking kid. person. It sucks that they all suck. Like, their cars were cool, but they were always douchebags. Also, their cars weren't cool, Mike. It's time to they give the, cool. up on that dream. I bet you could have sex back there real easy, though. Hell yeah. The- With a bunch of dead fish. <laughs> oh, and Let's just move on. Mike Let's is- move on from that. I don't want to interrogate that. <laughs> Mike's done with his bit on the water hearse. Your nominees for best car of 1973, the Ashok Leland City Bus from the Heart of the Come, Coffee's 1972 Imperial LeBaron, Falfa's 55 Chevy 150 from American Graffiti. What does the 150 mean? Uh, I think it was uh, the size of the um, cylinders in the engine. Milner's 32 Ford 5 window coupe from American Graffiti. And the water hearse from Don't Look Now. And your winner. Water hearse. A best car. Is the water hearse from Don't yes! Look Now? Yeah, Suckers! we were just blown away. I mean that that had a huge effect on all of us, and it, it I just I I believe it. I mean, we all saw that. We all wanted it. We coveted it, but only Mike could get it. I just I keep thinking of like um, Happy Meal toys from 1973. Like all the movies are in play for these Happy Meal toys, and one of them is a little water hearse that you can play yeah. with all the other toys. Little Mike would have loved like, that. Put one of the McNugget characters like in the the spot where the body goes. Mm-hmm. Another one up like. On the on the bridge, morning. I mean, there's a lot of possibilities. Donald there. Sutherland running to the back of a different boat, and he's like, "McNugget, McNugget, is that you?" McNugget. So the first and only time, perhaps, that we did the car <laughs> award, a boat floated away with it. A sea boat. What did we learn? Cars suck. Boats rule. Well, then let's move on to round one, battle five, number thirty-four seed. So this is pretty, this is pretty deep. Number thirty-four seed coffee. Versus number 15 seed, Westworld. And you know I don't like to do this with impunity. But this is a slammy D, right, folks? Yeah, it's crazy that Westworld is 15 seed and probably only because an HBO show was made out of it. I think people remember about 15 minutes of the entire movie. And you're just not allowed to make a movie that length. And so he added in a lot of like running down halls and wandering through the desert. Is it more famous of a movie? Like... Yeah. You know how like uh, politicians do like name recognition. Like Mike Pence is running because he has more name recognition because he was VP. Is Westworld more famous than Coffee? Let yes. me tell you why it is, Ryan. It's because there used to be nothing in the category for sci-fi, and so there are some really famous sci-fi movies from around this time that are just famous because like that's all you got. And so like, so Soylent if you were Green, a fan, you had to. Mm-hmm. Kind of, yeah, and so and you were watching it for the good fifteen or twenty minutes, and then you just—I don't know—you just excused the rest, I guess. Meanwhile, eighty percent of white people 
coffee would never enter their bubble at this time. Right. Yeah, that's what I'm drinkers. guessing. I mean, I, I mean, is there anything you guys want to say about Westworld? Like, no. Well, I, I also wonder, like, when Jackie Brown <laughs> don't have came, an author direct your movie. Yeah, I I do think that that's so clear. Like, as a big comic book reader, I will see um, people who write other things other than comic books come in much more popular things than comic books come in and write comic books and they're terrible and you're like oh you are still you're gonna use as many words as you did in your last book <laughs> yeah. in this comic book <laughs> or just like you were really good at that one job right like that doesn't think, mean that you're good at all things yeah right just because you're one of our best cultural and racial critics oh, okay of we're, our now generation we're, oh, now we're wow. talking shit on one specific person specific. <laughs> <laughs> no what no that that could be so many different people couldn't it you're yeah, okay. Use less <laughs> words, guys. It's a visual medium. Um, yeah, uh, I, I I do think that there are many movies that we've already kicked out that are probably better than these two, but that's not to talk shit on coffee, which is probably moving on. Yeah, I mean, Westworld might be the worst movie we've ever done. and I, I Oh, think... I don't think it's the worst movie of this season, but... You don't even Ooh. think it's the worst movie of this season? Yeah. Because Greg thinks it might be the worst movie of any season. <laughs> yeah, we're, that, that's a big difference. But we can all agree that coffee is moving on, correct? Mm-hmm. Correct. When we come back, it's time to get to our next award. Up next, Ryan, this award is called Best Fuck the Police. Is this advice? What exactly are we doing here? Uh, I think we're changing this to the Academy Award. And <laughs> this is another Wrong. This, is, this is another first timer. Uh, this is another thing that we talked about so much throughout the season that the board that decided like, that this yeah. had to be an award because honestly, we had so many potential nominees that it was yeah. hard to narrow it down to five. I don't feel like many years there are as many movies where someone will just shoot a cop. <laughs> I like <laughs> yes, that's I would love to figure out where the line is where Hollywood stopped being like. Wait, should we keep saying fuck cops? Maybe we should lick every boot we see. Because uh, it does feel like there's a flip at some point. And yeah, I just I love that whole thing of like, wait, hold on. Is that a boot? We should probably lick it just in case. And that is how Hollywood works a lot of the time. A lot of the time people don't understand that they're watching right-wing movies. Right. Because they just seem, you know, sort of just like basic movies. But they're fucking licking but boots up left and American right. American Sniper might have an agenda. <laughs> I, th- I, I mean, feel like American S- uh, Sniper is an easy one to notice, but there are a lot of them. <laughs> one thing that will, I think, always make me happy is that our first movie that we ever did was Fight Club, and mm. watching it totally changed like how what we felt about Fight Club, and I thought taught me a lot about the culture. And I think one thing that happened is in all segments of life that interact with the police, I think the, that cops literally have had the Fight Club speech and delivered it to civilians, and it's like, we're the fucking cops. We guard you. Do what we fucking say because we're the ones that keep you safe and we can make it really dangerous for you. And I think they do that to politicians and I think that they do it to people who make movies. Like, their yeah. cops are right there on set while they're making movies. And I think the cops lean on them all the time and in implied but also, like, very forward ways. I think they're just like, who the fuck do you think you are? We're the ones who are here. Do it the way we want. And I think that, they, that the cops since the 70s, have exerted that influence on every sector of society. Yeah, and uh, I mean, one of the things that we get with independent movies is that and, and over the course of 50 years, a lot more independent movies have had the time to come up to the forefront of culture, 
right? And have yeah. like now they're in our Sweet 16. Whereas if we were to do 2014 this year, that may not be the case. Um, those independent movies have the ability or the gall or the balls or whatever you want to call it to be like, fuck chutzpah. the police. The chutzpah to be like, yeah, we don't have to like follow these bootlicking rules. Because, yeah, I mean, like bootlicking Marvel rules. movies, uh, uh, a franchise that I, you know, enjoy, oh, yeah. I used to enjoy a lot. Those are often right wing bootlicking propaganda because oh, sure. the, the military like has to sign off on all their shit but not you, just that but like the whole like thematic arc of them are right. like uh, calm down be safe we'll take care of you we'll just tell you exactly what to do we'll protect you with our mighty mighty might just don't kill us don't ever shoot at us just like we'll tell you what to do all right we ready for this i think so Mike, in the movie Coffee, there's a cop car coming right for her, and she shoots at the cop car, and that cop car goes off a ramp, and it fucking it just explodes and Hell yeah. dies. I've been playing a lot of uh, Grand Theft Auto Vice City, and I've been repeating this coffee trick every chance I get. <laughs> Is that true? Have you actually been playing Grand Theft yeah. Auto Vice City? I learned you can just download it for Switch. So <laughs> Yeah, dude. That's, that, that's, that's a good one. That's one of the best video games of all time. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's a baller move. Uh, Cop or car v human, uh, person driving the car always thinks they're gonna win. So what great comeuppance to kill a car person and kill a cop at the same time? These movies are uh, awesome, but don't lose the ability. These movies don't lose the ability of like sort of like closing your eyes, but sort of barely looking and then wildly aiming a gun at yeah. a car and making the perfect shot where the car just fucking just explodes. Up. Yeah. Mike, the next nominee is from The Harder They Come. Cop is sort of pestering Ivan at the peak of his criminal fame. So the thing that really pushes him over the top of being a certified criminal and no longer rock star first in his uh, biography, but criminal is that he takes out a motorcycle. The only thing douchier than a cop is a motorcycle cop. (laughs) And Ivan, there's a lot I don't agree with Ivan in this movie. The one move that I fully support is this scene. And it's great. The director really shined here. I do have to say, this is one of the movies, though, where you're like, oh, wow. Like, that just does not happen in every movie where (laughs) you show the hero shoot uh, a cop. Like, we don't know anything about this cop. Usually, if that kind of thing happens, the movie's like, okay, let's spend a little bit of time with this cop so you can see why it's okay that he's going to die. He's racist, and he kicked a dog, and he's got diabetes, and he's going to die in a month anyway. So (laughs) that's why our hero shooting this guy isn't a big deal. That's not what happens in this movie. Nope. The cop tries to just pull him over, and he just shoots him in the brain. Hey, he shouldn't have done that. <laughs> uh, and then, Mike, finally, for you, um, Robin and his merry men steal the gold and burn a castle to the ground. We're going to call Little John the cop in this movie. Fuck yeah. the monarchy. That when the, the monarchy are cops, and when they have pushed a people under their thumb for too long... What are you tax- in jail for being poor, right? But, in this movie? Yes. Which is, again, bad business because now they can't make you more money. But being now we poor is not a crime. Debtors. It's not like skateboarding. Prison. Uh, yeah. Take it. Not just take everything that's yours back. Take double and burn their house to the ground. Rise up, people. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'm pretty lazy. I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to rise up. <laughs> okay. Well, sit up. You don't have to rise up, but 
If you could okay, sit deal. Up. I'm gonna sit up. You have two options, folks: rise up or donate money for other people to rise up. Yes. Rise up, you guys! I'm gonna be back here chilling. Uh, Greg, your next nominee yes. is Serpico. Picks up the phone and calls the New York Times and says, "You guys will not believe what <laughs> I have seen." Story for you. It's a story so big you could put your head right off its ass. As the viewer, you're like, "Whoa! I can't believe he's doing this." Why, though? Like, he has seen so much corruption. <laughs> These guys literally have meetings where they're like, okay, we're all taking money, and let's divide up the money this way, and we'll steal it this way, and we'll use violence if people won't give us the money. And then he goes to call the New York Times to just be like, hey, this is going on. And the viewer's like, ooh, I don't know, Serpico. <laughs> Feels like a major move, man. But you can't believe it, because mostly what we know about cops is like, uh, no, you can't do that. Here's your envelope of a bunch of $100 bills, and then the other cop's like, oh, thank you. Here's the other envelope I owe you of money, and then here's three other envelopes. And then the other <laughs> cop's like, shit, I forgot to give you these six envelopes of $100 bills. <laughs> cops are the fucking envelope weird. industry is booming. <laughs> if I was a retired cop, I would open an envelope business. <laughs> we got Manila, we got Long White. And then, Greg, your, the final nominee is from also from Enter the Dragon, where um, going uh, sailing down Flashback River, uh, we get Williams' flashback, where cops are fighting with him. He decides to fight back, uh, pushes a cop through a fence, and then that behind that fence is a dog that just eats the cop. <laughs> I do feel like there is a weird bit of justice there, where it's like reclaiming dog violence. Yeah. Um, and also, the mo- this movie does go out of its way to be like, these are these are bad cops. Yeah, they are racist. They're saying racist things to him directly. We get no a reason. little flashback where the cops are like, "Let's find a black guy and hurt." Him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, but it is still like by the by modern day standards, it's just not the kind of thing you see like a cop iced that quickly in a movie. But the dog did it. I remember at one point Williams was like, "No, <laughs> dog, don't." It- Especially the, the most modern movie I can think that's a one to one. Imagine if the new Mortal Kombat we had Liu Kang just kick a cop straight in the nuts <laughs> into a dog's mouth. That you would never see that. Gulp. Uh, okay. I uh, nominated for fuck the police for uh, Oscars were none of these. What? Um, yeah. Get on what? it, Oscars. We have. See, five- this is why we are glad to not share common ground with them. Your nominees are from Coffee. Coffee shoots a cop car while it's driving toward her. From the heart of they come, Ivan kills a motorcycle cop, which Mike backed up all of that immediately. <laughs> yeah, dude. Just loved totally. every part of it. Uh, from Robin Hood, Robin and his merry men steal the gold and burn a castle. From Serpico, Serpico takes a story to the New York Times. And from Enter the Dragon, William kicks the fence down and Dog bites the cop. And your winner is... It's Williams from Enter the Dragon. Nice. I think it has to be. It's yeah, so it's like the, the timing is perfect. It's just like that dog is waiting there as if he's on Williams' payroll <laughs> to just be like, "Fuck yeah, here's a cop for dinner. Thank you." And Williams is kind of like just such a likable character. Yeah. In the movie, I just he he sells it. Okay, so that is the award for best fucking of the police, Williams and Dog. You win. Our number seven seed is Robin Hood, a movie that Ryan feels strongly about, versus number 42 seed, and our deepest, our lowest seed, The Harder They Fall. 
<laughs> so Ryan, earlier you said there is a worse movie than Westworld. Was it number seven seed Robin Hood? I will take it back. That was too harsh. Robin Hood Come is on. a fine movie. Not fine like Foyne, like it's got it going on, like Mrs. McCluck's underwear butt. It, <laughs> it's it's an okay movie. Westworld is the worst movie. Yeah, of yeah. This thank you. Yeah, I just feel like longer. there's a couple parts of Robin Hood that are honestly enjoyable, very cute, and certainly iconic. Westworld, it, it, I guess, is slightly iconic, but more than anything else, Westworld, like we know about it because we know about it. I feel like right. it just here is the name of a movie everybody knows. It, right be, before the TV show reboot, people are like, "Well, before he made Jurassic Park, he already kind of told this story." That's all anybody knew about Westworld. <laughs> and I love that whole thing of like, don't remake good movies, remake bad movies. Yes. And he got that chance to remake Westworld into what some people that are younger than me have declared to be the best movie of all time, Jurassic Park. Uh, that's awesome. But Robin, I Hood also is like not if you're gonna remake movies, retool it and be like, this needs more dinosaurs. Yeah. Instead of <laughs> every Robo movie guys, remake, dinosaurs. Dinosaurs. Because that's what Altman did with the Long Goodbye. He remade the Maltese Falcon. Added dinosaurs. That's what you do. But the harder they fall, uh, Ryan, number 42 seed, the harder they fall. Is is, the, is that a mismatch there? Is that too low? Yeah, obviously. I think that it's too low. Uh, Greg, you texted me earlier. You faxed me earlier. You had the board memo me earlier. Mm-hmm. Please do not bring up Tuki Buki. I said please don't do that. Yeah. When we talk about the harder they fall, and I'm not going to. Can, I'm not way this feels like you are. Though. I'm not going to bring up Tuki Buki when we talk about the harder they fall on the finale show. I'm okay, not are going you guys, to do it. Is this the bit? Is this the bit you guys are trying to see how many times you can say the movie title wrong and before I freak out about the it? The harder they come? The harder they fall came out 2021, you fucks. Oh, yeah. It's, oh, it's it's the harder they on the sheet. You said it so many times. I really Sorry. thought also, it was like, Also, I think I said it on the actual show. Can we gaslight Mike? The harder they come. Sorry. There it is. The harder God they come. Damn it. Mike. Thank you. I can breathe now. <clears throat> thank you. Thank you for that that direct and forthright way of, of, of correcting us on that minor mistake. It's so rare uh, as a podcast listener. Normally, you're driving and screaming at the podcasters. Yes. Uh, it's nice to be able to be in the room and do it. That's <laughs> we've been. Re- it's just we've been recording for three hours, and you you just you just mentioned it now. This is you just said it eight times in a row to the point I was like, no, wait, this is the bit. <laughs> it says it on the script, Mike. Okay, the, this is not our fault that they made these conf- very confusingly named movies. I, I think that anybody can make this. The harder they come, Thank a completely you. different movie than the harder. They also, come. that's a little too sexual for me. So I would like it to be the harder they fall. Well, I always Those come two when just I work fall. Work together so perfectly. Okay, so the harder they come. Thank you. Is not Tuki Buki is a sentence that Greg and the board has asked me not to say, and I'm not going to say it tonight. So, that being said, Robin Hood is better than Westworld. Uh, The Harder They Come is a minor masterpiece, and Robin Hood could fucking kick rocks. Yeah, it is an interesting... I like this battle because it's uh, a boring, mostly boring version of Robin Hood versus a very selfish version of Robin Hood. (laughs) He steals from the rich to give to himself. (laughs) <laughs> and just sort of shoot some people just because, yeah. you know, you're in the middle of the rampage. And there are but, so many scenes in this movie where Robin Hood's Merry Men are like, and the harder they come, there's so many scenes of Robin Hood's Merry Men of like, could we get some money, dude? <laughs> like, you you did say we were going to get some money at some point. And then he shoots them. You just got a bigger hat. I, I don't have time. 
I have two photo shoots coming up. I don't have time to pay you. Listen, we ran out of hat budget, okay? That's just how it goes when you want to buy as many cool hats. Uh, I also feel like this matchup definitely shows where the show's priorities are when it comes to iconic versus good. Mm. Because, obviously, the the animated Robin Hood is super iconic. I mean, I think that's why it's the number seven seed. But... It's so much worse than the harder they come that ultimately, yeah, it. I mean, it's skating by on people vaguely remembering it from their childhoods, never rewatching it again, and then screaming at you if you say it's not that good. Well, I think that if it was, let's say we were doing the year when the Fox and the Hound came out. Oh, then I'm roughly, fucking throwing fists. A, a roughly um, similar in quality Disney movie. Superior. Continue. What, which is uh, Fox and the Hound is. Let's say they're the, the same quality. Well, uh, it's 100% new animation instead of the lazy-ass Robin Hood. <laughs> but the Fox and the Hound doesn't make people go for their vibrators. Yeah. The Fox and the Hound is probably in the 40s or 50s. Which is crazy because Todd seven. is a sexy okay. fox. I know Mike, he never wears a shirt. Settle down. Se- let's not get into it. Both <laughs> of them have their whole leg region bare. <laughs> okay, but this is almost a slammy D, right, Mike? Yes. I would slam every D. Okay. <laughs> For the harder they come. Yes, for the harder they come. Ryan, do you agree? I agree. So moving on is the harder they come. Greg, do you remember uh, contacts? Do I remember what? Contact seating. Is this the lowest any movie has, uh, lowest seating that any movie has gotten to the second round? Oh, it's right there. I mean, uh, a contact, yeah, if, if, if contact is, was a lower seat than this, I think potentially it was. Um, but like when you're saying 42, like that's that's fucking low. That's, yeah, as that's lo- low as almost shit. as low as it gets. When we come back, we're gonna talk about the best sex. Sex. I've had it. Yeah. All I right. know the Settle whole, down. I know the whole deal. I know the stuff about the doing it. But <laughs> we don't need to get into all my sexual conquests. You can tell I've had so many because I call them sexual conquests. But 1973, we haven't had much of a chance to talk about this, but what was the level of sexiness in 73, Mike? Did you feel like this was a legit sexy time? I would say there was both more sex in general in 73 movies, and therefore, yes, more sexy sex as well. And more nakedness, right? A lot more nudity. A lot more nudity. You get in a modern movie. Not fucking prudes. Do you see these fucking prude kids on Reddit who are like, I don't think any movie should ever have sex. I don't know why people have sex in the real world either. These are the same people who are like... shoots are notoriously predatory places where people are forced to do what they don't want to do all That's never part of the complaint, though. They're always (laughs) bitch asses being like, well, I didn't consent, so isn't that part of it? Bitch, you just went to an R-rated movie. Shut up. (laughs) These are always people who are like, "Uh, anyway, I am off to put on my suit and go to see Minions 3 as a gentle minion. And I think the Minions movies could use a lot more sex. (laughs) All right, Ryan. Give us the awards. The nominees, excuse me, for best sex. Look, I'm not agreeing with these fucking Gen Zs that say this last... But I'm blushing right now even reading these nominees. Oh, and wait, I keep saying (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say that, point of order. Yeah. This is most impactful, right? Because sometimes the sex is not good, but it... What do we mean by that? We're, by we're a movie impactful. podcast. So best yeah. sex is best for the movie. We're not saying the best sex, like the one that we they want to came. have. 
at the or, same yeah. time. The one that made us jerk off the hardest. Uh, it's the best sex for the movie. Yes. Greg, the first nominee is uh, Charlie and Teresa get breathless in Mean Streets. Oh, well, th- this is this is uh, loving and nice. This is what you like. see this part and you're like, this is the part of his life that he should embrace that you should focus on more on. maybe isn't yeah, it nice to forget is... about johnny boy for one fucking second oh in our my lives god <sighs> uh, yet another situation where if johnny boy were there it would be so much worse <laughs> Char- um, Un- it's not inarguable it's not what we're talking about but charlie is too old to have a friend like johnny boy in his life <laughs> yes uh, no, it Mike, would, like... maybe you should not tell me and greg things like that. <laughs> <laughs> are you my two charlies and when you see him with her and this is a good illustration of it. This is, feels like a necessary sex scene. You know, mm. like there there are gratuitous sex scenes. And I would say 73 does a good job of having like necessary kind of adult scenes. And I think that's what this is. And I love how he's like, I love you. No, I can't love you. It, it, but it's like not manipulative. It's he's a moron. Yeah. But yeah. like it's in a young way, not a manipulative way. I oh, I'm going to use scene. that line. Baby, I'm not manipulative. I'm just a moron. <laughs> just a moron. <laughs> I'm too dumb to figure this all out. Mike, your next scene. I like to call this forest gumping. What happens to Meadows? Uh, it's from the last detail. It's Meadows needs a second time. It's he's barely touched and he forest gums. When you oh, said yeah, forest gumping, gonna clean his junk. Yeah, yeah, and, and he, that that makes him come. That makes him come. That you got that dirty dick. When you said forest gumping, I was trying to remember what movie had just some guy buddy going eh, 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 outside of a room. <laughs> Uh, again, this is you know not the sex we want to have, but it's the sex we deserve to have. Uh, <laughs> but it is—it's showing his growth and so much more. It's showing, like Budusky is like, "Hey, man, that's fine. We'll pay for another one." Like, it's, yeah. I think it's really this is the moment. It's like, oh, they're starting to care about this kid. And this right, is not an easy job. The first third of this movie, him and uh, Otis Smith, um, yeah. Jack and Otis are talking about how like how they're going to spend the money that they have on themselves. Right. And then when they ha- find out that they have to buy him another round, they're they're totally fine with it. And that's Not even a th- thought. Yeah. That's what this movie, you want to talk about clearing bars, that's what this movie has decided is an arc for these characters and it works wonderfully. We already booted this movie up. <laughs> there I mean it's so genuine. It's like, well, he's got to have some sex. Yeah. And so <laughs> we got to pay for that. Greg, I know what we think of Brunswick later, but this is at the very beginning when Coffee and Brunswick make romantic love in bed. Yeah, I feel like it's a little bit of a disappointment that he turns out to be such a bad guy. Although I guess you could argue he's just like another cog in the murder machine. Because the, the beginning of this is like, this is beautifully shot. And then the two of them like, kind of hang out around the house completely naked sitting in front of the fire like really like sharing stories with each other and there's like it's so close and so intimate and so beautiful and i guess maybe that makes it more impactful that he like betrays her later but for in the space of just the sex scene in the space of just those moments it's really beautiful and nice and i could see it being kind of like important too for the whole black is beautiful movement because it's not like there's nothing tawdry about it it's just like uh, a very warm moment or in with this like uh this word that we sort of talked about on the coffee show exploitative about it mm-hmm. yeah it's it's like anti-exploitative yeah. you know like i mean I w- when people talk about the importance of like seeing black bodies on the screen this movie like 
walks that walk you know he does it in a respectful way and there's even like sort of allusions to um brunswick feeling like uncomfortable he's a little bit older and he's like sort of uncomfortable with his body and even that sort of vulnerability that's so different than like the you know machismo angle that is like featured so often when we think of these movies and then brunswick being the brains behind allegedly the whole movie uh does one of the dumbest things which is like after the sex scene he's like oh what the fuck coffee you spilled wine all over my. Oh, I, I get what you're doing here. I know you spilled it. There, there, <laughs> oh, no, no, there. You're, 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 you're doing a thing. Beach. Okay. <laughs> uh, Once again, this is another classic example of like whatever you're trying to accomplish in the world, Brunswick. It's not going to like matter compared to the fact yeah. that coffee is currently your girlfriend. It's g- not going to get better, bro. <laughs> let this be the end of the movie for you. Like, <laughs> figure out the rest of your life so that you can just have coffee as your Reddit's roll. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Mike, the next nominee is uh, Philip, the guy who bought a cake and then got stabbed in the wiener. <laughs> and Danielle, a girl who has a scar and shows it in the Brian De Palma film Sisters. It, it It's so surprising. You did not think dick stab is what's about to happen. <laughs> Uh, and it really lets you know, like, now the movie's starting, and we are on yes. for one wild ride, as if we were some sort of Mr. Toad. <laughs> we're all going yeah, to hell, think, and we're going to enjoy it. You think that, like, the movie has already started, but really, like, you are just getting to the beginning of it here. And even though you knew what the movie was about mm-hmm. when you came in to watch it, it did such a good job of tricking you that until the stabbing you happened, you had forgotten that's yes. where it was going. It feels kind of like a rom-com until that moment. Margot Kidder is so amazingly beautiful in this movie. And you give a beautiful woman a knife. I mean, we say it a lot on this show. There's just something very alluring about it. Go nuts, ladies. Have at me. (laughs) Uh, But, like, I also like to think that Margot Kidder says, like, hey, just so you know, I have a scar. And Philip's like, oh, I don't care. And then lifts up the nightgown and sees the scar. And he's like, yeah. Damn. That's a doozy. That's a fucking That's a, Yeah. I think... Well, I see why you mentioned it to me now. All bodies are beautiful. Thank you for sharing this with me. But maybe give somebody more of a warning than I have a scar. <laughs> yeah, my whole hip is a scar. Greg, your final nominee. And I feel like this nominee, I, I think, makes it important to note the order of movies that we do movie of the year in. Because the early you are the more we talk about you throughout the season. Mm. And I'm not sure of how many things got more talked about throughout the course of the season than one curly-haired gentleman biting the shoulder (laughs) of Julie Christie in the film Don't Look Now. (laughs) We did bring this up. I mean, also, this is like an iconic sex scene. They may have actually fucked. They may have actually done it. And honestly, the more they come out and say that they weren't doing it, and that's not actually what doing it even looks like, the more I think, you know what? No, you were in there shoving each other around, you getting were in each in other's there. <laughs> yeah, dude. That's on the day that you first met. What is nice about it, it from the impactful angle is that it exists within the movie to show that like in this couple that as they are falling apart, they do still have some closeness. Mm-hmm. It provides stakes for the fact that this couple is falling apart because you see them closeted in their own versions of their grief for their daughter and you lose what connects them and then the movie doesn't have the impact. And so the the it is a very impactful sex scene because 
this is like one of the only times you see them enjoying each other at all, even a little bit. I, I almost wish there was a sex scene uh, from before the kid died to show them doing it normally. Uh, and so when he's his shoulder is like wrapped around her whole body, you're like, oh, they, they see they can't connect still. <laughs> Your nominees for Best Sex of 1973. Charlie and Teresa are breathless from Mean Streets. Meadows needs a second time from the last detail. Coffee and Brunswick in bed from Coffee. Philip and Danielle get it on from Sisters. And John and Laura get it on from Don't Look Now. And the winner is, and guys, I feel like that this was written in the stars from the second we started this season. It's John and Laura from yeah. Don't Look Now. Of course. Yeah. It is the sex scene of 1973. I oh. will say that it's possible that if we look at every single nominee from all of the seasons we've done, these are the top five. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. We've, I mean, so, like some of the sex from like, the like 2000 early 2000 season sex. like are like like it's just it's nuts how little actual sex is it's like, like you see a little bit of ankle as somebody <gasps> boards the bus like sometimes our nominees are like macaulay culkin and anna klumsky hold hands from my girl <laughs> the bees penetrate the bees. <laughs> <laughs> we are friends uh all right but yeah if don't look now had i don't i don't know especially because of mike's multiple tirades what don't look now's future is tonight but i knew best sex yeah. was definitely going down if it can't be madam cluck's undies showing it's gonna be <laughs> you knew it was like friday night around my house the best sex is going down our next matchup <laughs> is round one battle seven third seed mean streets Versus number 14 seed, Last Tango in Paris. <sighs> Does anybody want to <laughs> say anything about Last Tango in Paris before we yeet it to the moon? The, again, behind the scenes aside, I think what a fascinating, well-acted movie. It's it's one that I, I am, so, and I, I think because I know who we are, we're all cucks, uh, I'm a little surprised some of the scenes from this weren't on one of the nominations. Not the butter scene, but there's other scenes where I think the sex is very impactful. Oh, and then- the board the board uh, told me that as far as that last award goes, there were they sort of canceled each other out. Oh, Almost really? all of the sense. scenes except for the butter scenes were nominated. That makes sense. Almost There was like four different scenes from Last Tango that were almost nominated. Because there's a lot of sex. It's a movie kind of only about, about sex. sex yeah. Um, and to to have this acting veteran and this acting rook go toe to toe with each other. Uh, yeah, I, I think it is. It is a and junk to junk and junk to junk with each other. Uh, I think if you can, and I don't think we did, and I still don't think we do. But if you can get beyond the behind the scenes, like I think it is a phenomenal film to watch. Just the acting against each other as a two hander. Oh look! I think that this movie is a borderline masterpiece. I do. I like. I I think that it, it is. If you can ignore everything you know about it, I think that it is fascinating. Yeah. I think that where I get confused is not not dissimilar to Mike's like ending of Don't Look Now, where like I can't get past that. Um, is a lot of the stuff with. Um, Maria Schneider's husband and how little that threads in. Yeah. How like 
how it's much sloppy. that is a distraction instead of a, um, you know, partner contribution. contribution to like the rest of it. Uh, but like I, in a lot of gross ways that I feel terrible about saying, like, uh, uh like all of the stuff feeds with each other into making this like singular thing that like we had never seen before and will never see see again. Like this movie is a singular beast that needs to be reckoned with and like not heralded, not put on a pedestal, but like, I don't know. It is its own thing. I just think that, I mean, I like that way of looking at it, that it, it, it's something you have to wrap your mind around, yeah. not celebrate, but just, you know, contend with because i would say its view of sex is so distasteful within the text of the movie but that's not a reason not to watch it that's just sure the reaction i had to it like if you uh like if i go and appreciate sex with my wife more because of this awful movie didn't it do its job but like when we get to its uh its opponent mean streets it's sort of hard for me to think about like the sloppiness of serpico which i did not appreciate Against yeah. against the sloppiness of Mean Streets, which I love. It's so endearing and so wonderful, yeah. But I think that Mean Streets is a four-star movie. I think that it is a perfect, absolutely not perfect movie. Mm-hmm. Why yeah, is that it, different than Serpico? I don't know, but it just... This is, this is my movie of 1973. Well, I, I think it's because Serpico is... Well, I liked its messiness. It, it tries to be neat at times, where Mean Streets does not. Mean Streets is yeah. a mess because these people's lives are a mess. So you could almost argue, even though I don't think it was Scorsese's intent, be like, well, the movie's kind of all over the place because I'm trying to show that emotionally they're all over the place. That's not what he was doing, but it kind of fucking works as a read. <laughs> and also Scorsese's life was a mess and yeah. the editor and like everybody was a mess. And we're just, unfortunately, our incredible talent overrode our disastrous lives oh. at the time. Unstop vacuum for cocaine. We called the movie at one point Badfellas because these guys are so bad at being gangsters. And I think to make a really slick movie about those people would have felt kind of disingenuous in a way. That that because I wasn't on that episode. That is a perfect encapsulation. These are the guys who act like gangsters, think they are, but I would love to watch the real gangsters roll in and fucking laugh at them. Because these yeah, people are suck at they're it. jokes. <laughs> what are you even doing? You're all fucking yeah. jokes. And they, I mean, like, if actual gangsters walked in, like the guys from Goodfellas, they would clear their throat, stand at attention like military, yeah, and not say a fucking word. We spend, we watched them spend an entire night ripping off two 19-year-old kids for, like, 20 bucks. <laughs> and that's the only time they do anything cool or constructive at all. <laughs> they and are worse gangsters just... than Little Addy it, from it, Paper yeah, Moon. <laughs> It can't be for the money because they could get uh, minimum wage jobs and make more. It's just for like <laughs> the thrill of ripping white, yeah. rich children off. Feeling like one of the guys. Feeling like you own the block. You know, that like you're not just a part of the world, but that you're like a mover and shaker within Wh- it. Which is why Charlie can't just be with a woman he loves. Because he's like, I don't know, my uncle would be a little annoyed at me because you have <laughs> epilepsy. Which, so I like, guess I can't. Don't ask me. I got a restaurant coming. And these are the same thoughts that are happening in, like, uh, movies about 14-year-olds. Like, these are freshmen in high school movies. They are having these same thoughts as, like, 22, 23, 24-year-olds. Like, Martin Scorsese is now making movies like Killers of the Flower Moon that are, like, uh, 
rethinking all of the all of the movies that he's done before, saying like, did I do the right thing? Like, did I really show how awful my characters were? Yes, you started with it, dude. Yeah, you, you started think- with how fucking awful and immature these people were. There- I mean, to connect the two movies together, like, look at his. Robert De Niro bookends mm-hmm. there. I mean, that's like two different versions of the worst people you'll ever encounter, ever. I, I think there's a very clear reason once Mean Streets came out, Scorsese couldn't go to his home neighborhood, like where he grew right. up. Because those people are like, you made us look like fucking assholes. Yes, <laughs> but dude. If, also, if I was Martin Scorsese, I'd be like, I know, and I also don't want to be around you. Yeah. What I, <laughs> the people that I used to look up to, I then made a movie about you. I thought about you. I reflected on you for the first time ever, and I cannot be around you. That That's what's awesome about Mean Streets is you watch it the first time, and you're like, well, Johnny Boy sucks. He Sure. And then you watch it again, you're like, no, wait everybody sucks right yeah dude (laughs) well i'm gonna call for the vote gentlemen two impactful movies but mike what do you got moving forward is it number three mean streets or number 14 last tango in paris it's got to be mean streets for me ryan do you agree i yeah uh last tango i think that like we could do a whole season about and what it means to like or dislike that movie but uh mean streets is my shit yeah and it feels better to talk about Mean Streets than it does to talk about Last Tango in Paris. Not that that was ever the goal of that movie. When we come back, another award and our last matchup for this episode. You've had your sex. Now, here comes the violence. Ryan, was 73 uh, a very violent time? Some things we've said tonight makes me think maybe it was. I would have loved to do this category without two specific movies i think it would have been so interesting to hear about what happened in the sting or american graffiti or westworld or the heart of they come guy gets bit by a snake in westworld remember that that's or serpico get shot right in the face unfortunately two movies gentlemen we're dealing with two movies No, not unfortunately. Fortunately, these two movies are badass as fuck. Mike, your first nominee, Coffee Shoots Syringes Out of a Syringe Gun Into a Dude. I didn't know you could MacGyver a shotgun with other weapon, like with other ammunition. And like, do, you remember, we're sure do you remember in the coffee show where Greg tried to convince us that this wasn't the case and we were yes. like, fuck you, Greg, it yeah, was? okay. Okay, good. Yeah, I just want to make sure we're all on the same page there. Oh, we are, buddy. <laughs> syringe shotgun i guess don't you kind of think that like you could just put anything into a shotgun shoot it salt dice only one I, way I, to find out i believe in a shopping spree i drafted this gun and oh yeah that's true so it must be real <laughs> i uh will often put money into a gun and buy everything at a grocery store which is what i call a shopping spree <laughs> i don't know if you're buying it at that point i, th- I think that's a stick up in a 1973 movie that we did not watch the billy the kid movie uh, a guy loads change into a shotgun and shoots it into somebody, and then's like, "That's the best dollar forty I ever spent," which is something that they then totally copied in Young Guns, I think. So you've seen it twice in two different seventy-three movies, and yet you still don't believe it? Yeah, I guess honestly, well, now I believe it. Now I'm a believer. I think uh, Greg thinks shotguns are like Santa. He used to believe in them, and then he got older. He's like, "Those aren't real." Yeah, and they're just from video games, right? Are you guys? Um... In video games, are you guys shotgun players, or do you go for more? Oh, I love shotguns weapons? in video games because you don't have to aim them as finely. Yeah, you just like I'm run so up to people and press the button. Yeah, <laughs> and that's I like to sit far, far away and use my sniper rifle. Oh, I'm so bad at that. I'm so. Like, but 
when the people see you and start strafing, yeah, yeah, then I die a lot. Yeah, I start jumping around like crazy, and you're like, ah, I can't get this. Also, I love how Mike didn't say, like, hide or squat. He said sit. Like, find a lazy boy. Oh. <laughs> get your sniper rifle. I'm on, across the street in a chair I dragged out of the dumpster. <laughs> <laughs> Greg, the next nominee is not but 10 seconds before that. <laughs> Coffee shotguns ahead of. Okay, the- it, we again we said best violence and that's kind of its old name because it's most impactful violence that violence made me literally yell out i just didn't <laughs> think it was going to happen and his head gets so splody and i just like the way coffee after that she says it was easy for him because he didn't really think i would do it i was in that guy's same yeah. place i was like there's no way i'm about to see this head exploded but then i did see it exploded well, what's awesome about this movie is you don't know you're like we know it's going to get violent but you really expect, like, a buildup. So yeah. by the end, she'll do this stuff. So sh- it probably won't be right away, right? Nope. We're going to rip that cord right out. Also, considering or- this is, like, a, a pretty cheaply made movie in 73, the effect works. Like, you right. feel it in your bones. It's not that thing where, like, it's, like, there's a cut, and it's the same shot, but there's a cut, and it's, like, clearly a watermelon with a wig on it. Like, <laughs> it, it's fucking good. Yeah, dude. It looks like a guy gets his head blown off. Mike... The next bit of violence is uh, Lee fights an entire prison full of people. Yeah, this is so boss. This is the stuff I think about where I'm like, how could you guys let this movie get kicked out? Is I just want to watch this and cheer. I was just jumping up and down on my couch as if I was some sort of five-year-old. <laughs> it was fucking dope. I've never... The, remember the first time you saw the Ninja Turtles? That's what this scene feels like, man. <laughs> and there's a lot of drama in it because he passes a couple cells with guys in it yeah and so you're like oh what's gonna happen here uh in a reference to orson wells greg the next nominee is lee versus han house of mirrors the final battle of enter uh, enter the dragon again this is like impactful i think that there's um i think there's imagery going on here and i think that there are cooler fights but i was really impressed with the bad guy in this movie han Holding his own, for the most part, in these fights against Bruce Lee, despite the fact that one of his hands is like a weird rake or something like that. The other one is a spatula? Yeah, the other one is a spatula. Um, (gasps) But it's hard to shit on anything from Enter the Dragon. This one does have a little bit of the, uh, there's a cut and then a watermelon with a wig, where he is thrown against a spear, and then you see Han jump up a little bit onto the spear. Yeah, it's okay. This is a a near-perfect fight. Uh, Mike, the final nominee, we have to. It's we the sex to. worker fight. Let's throw some fucking salad and razor blades, and everything's getting into everything. Hey, Dill Holes, if you love Hook and think that's the best food fight in a movie, you're a fucking moron. <laughs> Go to school, do some homework, and watch this scene in coffee. Open I, a I've school always... book. <laughs> Open a school book and watch Sex Worker Food Fight, uh, which is a movie <laughs> I've been writing. But food fights always seemed fun, and this was simultaneously funny and then horrifying, because when... The one tried to grab Coffee's head through her hair, not knowing yeah. she had twisted razor blades all through her hair. Like, man, Coffee's a badass. Yeah, you, that's the- you want to make sure that the, whenever you're going to fight somebody, that they're not the kind of person who's like, I'm probably going to get in a fight later, so I'm going to have to like <laughs> yeah. plan ahead. Like, <laughs> You're in bad shape if that's going to happen. It, this fight is cool enough that the big scary bad of the movie, and he is, stops from talking and doing business, goes, ooh, 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 ooh. Yeah. He <laughs> keeps watch. tapping people like, hey, you got to check this out. Look, I know I normally am very cool under pressure. I know I think I'm cool, but you have to stop and watch this. You, ooh, 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 look at this. You know we're gonna see a titty soon, and then it like it takes a while, 
but every top comes off in this fight. Yeah, the minute one starts, yeah. <laughs> it is an avalanche. There's a shot where it goes from whoever directed coffee to Brian De Palma, where the blonde woman pulls her hands out and uh-huh. just yes. has blood dripping down. Yes. And like that is from a horror movie. Your nominees for Best Violence of the Year. Coffee shoots syringes into a dude from a shotgun that can do anything from Coffee. <laughs> Coffee shotguns a head off. Lee versus a prison. Lee versus Han. And the sex worker fight from Coffee. And your winner is. It's Lee versus a prison. It's a yeah. little unfair. It has all of the violence you could possibly want, including Jackie Chan. It's what, such, what are we going to do here? And it's such a long scene. This yeah. fight goes on for so long. Do you, have you guys ever tried to be like, I get out of breath standing up from the couch? And just imagine <laughs> hustling for this long. They are fighting for so long. He's in incredible shape. Well, congratulations to both Bruce Lee and a prison full of guys. And to us for giving him that award. And yeah. for us for recognizing the, real the greatness. Moving on to our last matchup of this episode, it is and the last ep- the last matchup of round one. It is number six seed American Graffiti versus number eleven seed Paper Moon. Probably our two like feel goodness movies. Yeah. In the entire bracket. You're not going to feel real bad watching either of these. And A, Americano, right? Like, yes. Different times, but like, neither one of them 73. But, no. hey, uh, 1973, along with The Sting, would be the third in this trilogy of like, A, Americano is good? Not really. Yeah, but not really. Isn't it fun to enjoy them? It's almost like, you know, a lot of times they don't act good, but the spirit is still a good spirit. Right, and Remember that's the when American it was spirit. Good. Even though they were in the middle of the Depression, she didn't want to screw over the poor people. And I always like to think of the three of us as in the middle of a Depression. <laughs> I mean, historically speaking, one of us always is. <laughs> <laughs> the other two are anxious. So six seed American Graffiti and 11 seed Paper Moon. Does that feel, for American Graffiti, does that feel like a low seeding sixth? I feel like we no. said that about like the top seven, so I guess they can't. Yeah, all so I think be they can't seated. all be low. <laughs> this I, one I, feels I mean, perfect. All of them are number one in my heart. To but somebody, you can't. Greg can't ask that, and you just say no. It's perfect, Greg. You fucking idiot. Why <laughs> would can't. you ask that? I would have said six if you had asked me, idiot. <laughs> it it just it, it feels like maybe 10, 20 years ago it, it should have been higher. It, it's one of those movies that is like in the process of getting memory hold. The, the world is kind of forgetting the beauty that is American Graffiti, for sure. I guess I agree with that. Yeah, I feel like this is the kind of movie that was talked about a lot, like, 20 years ago. And I, I definitely expect it to go down as yeah. Boomer Hate goes up. Oh, yes, of course. Because people watch it and be like, they'll only focus on little Ronnie Howard's plotline and ignore yeah. the rest and be like, this is, fuck this shit. If somebody punched the shit out of Ron Howard, like, if that car flipped over onto Ron Howard's head, like he was the Wicked Witch of the West... Uh, then this movie would rise up in the rankings. But because he just, like... Wins until he becomes no, a salesman in Modesto? If if Gen Z's read that last thing at the yes. end and find out that he actually died harder than the other people that actually died, then maybe it'll rise up. But uh, Paper Moon... I Paper Moon seating, I guess, is a little lower than I thought it would be at 11. I don't know the standing of this movie in movie lore yeah i don't know what the popular appeal of it is but i feel like it's got a a devoted fan 
space. Yeah. That that people are definitely into it. Both movies I find very entertaining. I wonder which is the deeper of the two, would you say, Mike? Deeper like what like, like what the movie's trying to say? Yeah, you know, layers and complexity and all that good stuff. Well, I think American Graffiti is trying to say more. I think Paper Moon is more successful at what it's trying to say. What do you think, Ryan? Do you agree with that? Uh, I don't think American Graffiti is trying to say more. So, no. I think Paper Moon is trying to say more. I think Paper Moon is trying to use its time to say more about now, now being 73, Mm. and being more successful. I think American Graffiti is trying to say more about 62 and not really trying to say anything at all. It's just trying to be like, remember... I feel like, like American Graffiti is doing that thing where it's like, this was the perfect time and we lost it. This is it. it. Like, this was the end of the perfect time. And that's yeah, just what I every think, filmmaker does about whenever they were like 18. I think American Graffiti is our generations. Wait, let me start that over. Stranger Things is our generation's American Beauty. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> of like, just member, just member. Yeah, remember this but song? I, remember this song? Maybe may because of the distance and because of my boomer hatred, I don't see it being like, look how great it was. Like, it feels like all of the characters are sort of lying to themselves and lying to each other and are scared of what's coming next. I think it is trying to say something. I mean, they're afraid of what's coming next because I think that they feel like they're being kicked out of, you know, boy and girl land. They're like, they're getting, they're getting removed from the place they feel comfortable and they don't know where they want to go next. Is anybody like looking forward with, like confidence and happiness to the future in this movie toad toad is the least distraught yeah because he's getting a pussy wagon i guess his future is bright right (laughs) he's getting the car but see even i think that underscores my point even more mike which is the only one who looks forward to a future and is happy about it is the one who is like staying as much in place and that's why i love toad versus uh paul or what was john in the movie uh because they are the ones staying and their attitudes are so different uh, and I think that's, and how angry John is about what's happening, I think is fascinating. I know, and I feel like Toad's going to be happy living in town if he had made it out of Vietnam and not killed by his own soldiers, which I firmly believe happened. <laughs> unless you uh, watch the sequel. Unless, yeah, but the sequel's Paul, not a real thing for me. Like no, nothing the sequel says exist. has any. It might just be a Saturday morning cartoon, like the Back <laughs> you know, to the Future <laughs> cartoon. <laughs> I, I want to go through one of these fucking episodes without you bringing up the Back to the Future cartoon. I watched it uh, so much, man. <laughs> on our American Graffiti episode, I compared this movie to Wizard of Oz of the four <laughs> characters oh, yeah. and eventually meeting the wizard. But four characters, and one of them is named Toad. Is this movie Super Mario Brothers 2? <laughs> and what is Toad good at in this movie? Picking up that girl. And that's what Toad was good at in Super Mario Brothers 2, picking stuff up. We cracked the code. And it's driving. It's all Mario Kart. It is clearly time to vote. So, Ryan, number six, American Graffito Tagging versus number 11, Paper Moon. Um, I figured out not so uh, very recently that I love this movie, American Graffiti, more than I ever thought I did by watching it. But (laughs) I, I I do think that Paper Moon is the superior movie, and I would like it to move on. Mike, agree or disagree? Yeah, I guess I had the opposite, uh, directly opposite experience as Ryan did, is I thought I loved it, and then I watched it, and just liked it. Uh, Paper Moon is so much, it's so superior. And I think it's, 
Peter Bogdanovich is interesting because I do feel like out of that class of director, in general, it's weird to watch an entire director's oeuvre being memory hold. I feel like he's just being like wiped away. I totally agree with that, that he's like be- becoming a forgotten director. So does that mean you disagree, Ryan? You voted American Graffiti and, and Mike voted Paper Moon? No, I voted Paper Moon. Paper Moon it is. Moving on. Number 11 seed, Paper Moon. Well, gentlemen, that means for this episode, Coffee is moving on. The Harder They Come is moving on. Mean Streets is moving on. And so is Paper Moon. When we come back next week, we are going to have our final battles, give away our final awards, and finally name 1973's Movie of the Year. So we will see you then, but until then, keep watching them movies! Movies! Movies!